everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 310, Double Jabs in a Garage. Hello, Big Chillians, and welcome back big chill podcast i'm frank joined with sam and eddie so eddie i think we should probably start with you because you had an action-packed bachelor party weekend down in bordeaux that from your instagram seemed like the most mundane boring (laughs) bachelor party i've ever seen (laughs) well i think from my instagram it just looked like i was on a romantic weekend with my one friend simon i think that's pretty much what it came across it as. looked it looked like if you were on a romantic weekend you were really really trying to be on a romantic weekend you were trying to make it appear friend. romantic to the outside yes. world what i'll say is and i'm going to tell it was my friend adrian whose bachelor party i went on i'm going to tell him that we we're, we we're discussing this on the podcast he's not a listener so i'll make sure he gives it a gives it a listen Good this way is how we to... get listeners. This One is listener how we do that. Within six you seconds, you start ridiculing parties. Yeah, I go on a trip with you. I trash it. You listen. <laughs> this is this is. I'm I'm available. I'm, you can hire me. But it was it was a lot of fun. I think he like m- myself and two of the other guys who went along. He sort of falls in between us. He has his sort of nerdy board game side of him, and then there's the three of us who like going to bars and like going out, and he sort of straddles between us and yeah literally us and his other group of friends who are in oh is that kind of bachelor party a lot of straddling between a lot of straddling a lot of straddling the house we stayed in was awesome um there were some cool things around it it was a lot of we did some cool events we went paintballing that was a lot of fun the paintballing was interesting because we all assumed that we were going to be given protective equipment you know, like the the little jumpsuits and stuff. We turned up and the guy was like, well, I do have paper jumpsuits, but they're going to be really hot and you're not going to want to wear them. So just wear what you're in, which in most of our cases was t-shirts and shorts. <laughs> so mm. not an ideal scenario. And then the only protective equipment we were given was the face mask. And that did up the stage. Well, like the COVID bit. one, like a COVID one. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at 95%. Yeah. That did up it did it did up the stakes a little bit in the paintball because it was terrifying because getting hit on your arm or your leg suddenly became really really painful which I was only hit I think I was only really hit directly three times twice on the inside of my arm which hurt once directly on my chest which really really hurt which was right I got a nice bruise right on my chest like right on my sternum I can just see you getting hit and like knocking the wind out of you. Oh, yeah. but, <laughs> like just flat down like, right. just completely starfishes down but simon now, there was a moment now, so Eddie, we did this one th- yeah is this real paintball or is this like 10 things i hate about you paint balloons and it's just you and one other guy trying to hit each no. other with paint balloons this was real paintball six feet six okay uh with in a paintball thing with you know structures that you're hiding behind and stuff and we did a few different games so we did one where you're just kind of on this there's little structures to hide behind and it's just once you get shot you're out and it's last man standing kind of thing then we so we did a couple of those then we did another one where there was a, a sort of fort and one team was defending the fort and the other team's assaulting it and the rule was there 
if you're defending it, you have one life, but if you're assaulting it, you have unlimited lives, but you have to go back to the start to sort of relaunch your assault once you've been shot. So, so is it like the that guy one's just a stamina like, issue. Yeah. It's a stamina, it's a stamina issue and it, and it basically guarantees that you're going to get shot right. So you have to accept at the start of that game, there's no way you can save yourself. In that instance, we were defending first and we'd taken up these positions. And I, it actually is, particularly with the lack of protection, it gets a little bit terrifying at times because you do hide behind an object and then you just hear thud, 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 sort of right behind your head. On this it brought thing. you back to the Normandy landings today. Exactly. Well, then the, th- the thing that really brought me back, and this is, I mean, this with the utmost respect to any veterans who may be listening to this podcast or maybe active duty men, who knows. But uh, we had, uh, or women, um, we we were defending this and we'd taken up these strategic positions. So we were kind of like looking at different sections that they were going to attack from. I had Simon, the guy I was on a date with, on my right. He's, he's taking heavy fire from the side. I'm trying to lay down cover fire. All of a sudden he kind of gets himself in front of a gap in the protection in the in the fortress and a paintball flies through this window and catches him right on the jugular. And where he has, he has absolutely no protection. And he honestly went down like he had been shot for real. It was a moment where it felt like we were, he made a sound as if he had just been shot in the neck. Just a, (laughs) he goes down and I was like, Simon, where are they? And Simon has a tendency, he thinks he's a rapper or he's Ukrainian, but he kind of thinks he's, that's his, and he was like, they're on the right dog. They're everywhere, dog. (laughs) Oh, you're properly Vietnam. Yeah. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, within the next two minutes, everyone else on my team was taken out. And I was just hiding in this like corner. I then nearly killed someone because he stupidly. Painful speaking. You didn't go like full on like PTSD. No, they did. They did Saving Private Ryan. They they jumped into the fortress and they just knife. Well, no, I mean. Slowly put it into a. Well, the instructions were don't shoot anyone within seven meters. The guy then said, look, I don't care if you shoot anyone within seven meters, if you shoot them in their ass or their legs, but don't shoot them in their torso or their face within seven meters because you could do real damage, particularly to their face, even with the mask on. And even with an N95, but they're the most protective. So I was like hiding in this spot and... This guy decided, who was right up to my right, on a a little window that was there, probably two feet above me on my right, he decided to poke his head in, and out of just pure instinct, I just fired a paintball off, because I was terrified, and it whizzed past his head, and then I surrendered, because I was just... I was more afraid of what I was going to do to someone if anyone else popped out, than I was going to just suddenly start shooting anything that moved. But it was it was it was good fun. It I, I, to be honest, I had other topics, but I want to hear more about this. <laughs> we then did the standard thing. They're all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> we did the standard thing, like the bachelor has to run while everyone shoots at him. Um, then we it's we that, had to run. That is a standard bachelor party thing. That is that is a standard thing. It's that a standard is, paintball thing. Them. He was put in a pink bunny suit and he had to sprint across the field while everyone shot at him. Then he got his revenge, and we all had to sprint on across the field twice. Well, he shot at us, which obviously 
you had less chance of getting hit, but he had more objects to aim at. So I think he actually did more damage when it was just him by himself than we did trying to shoot at him alone. Um, but the rest of the bachelor party, there was a lot of weed, which isn't a lot of really wee? weed, marijuana. Oh, weed. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about like Wii tennis and stuff. <laughs> no, there was actually there was actually uh, a lot of Mario yeah. tennis and Mario Kart. That was the speed of the. Oh, someone bought a Switch. Yeah, and the and the the house we were staying in had like a home, like a built-in cinema, so the guy got hooked up. It was cool. But yeah, there was there was a lot of weed. Again, not really my speed. So <laughs> speed's your thing. Oh, yeah, who's the exactly. rapper now? I, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that wasn't a bunch of people getting really stoned at night and then not being very functional wasn't my idea necessarily of the bachelor party I would want, but it wasn't my bachelor party. And I think the key thing is he enjoyed it. So cool. And it was fun. There were definitely fun moments. There were definitely Did you guys do a wine tasting in Bordeaux? No. Wow. We, we, we had no wine. Wow. So we went to Bordeaux, had no wine. Um, I know you're a big fan, Frank. You always like to try and do that dirty dancing move when you yeah. get lifted up. I, I saw the video. It was so. It was okay. Now, now, how that came about was the guy who was doing the lifting in the video on my Instagram story, we didn't know him. He was just lifting this girl outside of the bar we were in. He was doing it perfectly, the two of them. I mean, they'd obviously, they knew each other. They'd practiced. I mean, it was... Her core strength to kind of keep the straight line was good, and he was doing it perfectly. And then he was like twisting her around in the air while he was holding it. The only weird thing is they kept doing it over and over again, just with their friends watching. And <laughs> one of my friends, who was then really drunk, said, "Okay, catch me," and then just ran at him. And he did it. He was actually a good sport. He did it the first time. So the video that went on my Instagram, they did it three times. Was the second time he did it. The first time he did it, my friend like. The balance got wrong, started to tilt over the back of him. The guy had really had to struggle to not have him just land on his face. The only scary moment was then my friend Phil, who there's no way he could have held the other guy. After the second one, I was like, okay, your turn. Now you run at me. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. He started taking stuff out of his pockets. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to let this happen because this is going to go horribly wrong for one of you and probably both of you. Oh, he's such a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah. Me and Abe have an epic one of those on the beaches of Nice. Well, shout out to Abe. Sorry. <laughs> he won't remember. Romantic getaway to Nice. <laughs> we well, remember. knowing Abe, you can play him that anecdote and he'll think, wow, how did two other people do that on the beach of Nice? <laughs> and one of the guys was named Abe. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. What a coincidence. But, yeah. but no, it was fun. And then the weekend itself was kind of spoiled by the fact that last it, I should have been on a two and a half tra hour train ride home uh, last night ended up taking seven and a half hours um, because I mean, I can't try and make it out. Like my day was worse. The reason why it took longer was because someone died. Uh, an employee of the, of the French rail service died in an accident while they were working on the line. So obviously he had a worse Sunday than I did, but uh, it did lead to me being stuck stationary on a train when it was very hot. And 3,000 people, because multiple trains then stopped in this one small station that's not supposed to service, you know, like big fast speed trains. And 
they then, and they made an announcement saying, don't worry, we know you're all delayed. We're going to bring around water and food for everyone in a little bit. Time passed, and they said, so there are 3,000 people in the station. We only have food for 400 people. So we're not going to bring around any food or water because we don't want to start a riot. And we're also closing the bars so you can't go and buy any food or water because there's not enough for everyone and we don't want to stop or start a riot. And at that moment in time, it was also... Started in, a riot. <laughs> well, there was just yeah. an... Damned if you do. The, the guy announcing it was just like, I'm sorry, I have no information. I have no idea how long this will take. Um, anyone who wants to get off the train now... Please do. We'll put you onto a train tomorrow. We'll find you a hotel. If too many of you take up this offer, then we'll turn the train station into a hotel. I mean, it was just at this stage, oh it was it's like some war wow. hospital. Yeah, at this stage, Did I was they, really. They had that many builders. They were going to build a hotel in yeah. three hours out of a yeah. train station. So yeah, it was. It wasn't a fun experience. And then, and just sitting there. Fortunately, no children around me. Did have a woman with a dog. It blows my mind. I love dogs, but it blows my mind just allowed to get on with the dog. No way of verifying that I don't have a dog allergy. So that's just like, that's the bit that does surprise me a little bit. Oh, yeah, just take your dog on the drain. What's the worst that could happen? You could be sitting to someone who you kill next to who you kill in the process, but that's fine. I do that with peanuts. I just flick them at people and kind of hope for the best. So With, with what was that? I don't, I'm trying to think what else it would be. Penis. But that kind of... Penis. What, so I'm flicking penises at people. Well, I think you are, Sam. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you said peanuts. <laughs> oh, good one. Turned it on me. So, Eddie, you know, obviously you had paintball, you had a lot of PTSD, and then you're going onto a train whereby someone then dies and you go into a potential war hospital with rations. Did the whole... Was this a really good war reenactment or was it a stag thing? Yeah, not far off. Sam, how was your weekend? <laughs> oh, shit, I was in isolation and did absolutely nothing. Oh, why were you in isolation, Sam? Because I had COVID. Oh, well, he's Wait, there's the announcement. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, I had COVID. But, uh, you know, yeah, obviously concerned listeners, I have fully recovered. So, yeah, I was Doesn't in isolation. Wow, that's <laughs> damning. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Um just sucks because obviously you're in isolation and i live alone so i've been home alone i've been home alone for like i don't understand why that's so funny just just sounded (laughs) sad oh it sounded sad that's because it is sad it is sad i mean it's not even that sounds sad sad. i know i just tried to make it sound sad so i could get some sympathy but um no i'm out of isolation on thursday ready to cough and infect people nice what about you, Frank? Tell me about your weekend, then. Oh, I had a garage sale, a two-day garage sale at my old what? house for all of the stuff that we didn't want to bring to the new place because we have the house is bigger, but we have less storage capability. Like we don't have a garage, so we can't just throw a bunch of boxes in the garage and never look at them for ten years. Okay, that that word's lost meaning now. <laughs> but keep going. <laughs> so we had a garage sale. The oh, first God. day was good. <laughs> I just think you have broken the world record for saying the word garage the most number of times in the space of 45 seconds. We had a yard sale. We had a moving out sale. How much money did you 
get from your two days of selling? $315. Do you consider that worth? Uh, that's my bit? point. It was two days of time, $315. Yeah, it wasn't. I think it was worth it because at the same time, we also got to do some of the cleaning of the house. Like I needed to clean the refrigerator, the washer, the dishwasher, the oven, like those things take time. So one of us would kind of do that and kind of hang out. The second day was not worth my time. It was pouring rain and no one came. My only sale was I told my friend to come stop by and hang out because I was bored and he brought his girlfriend and his girlfriend noticed I was selling this uh, old like um, miniature Christmas stuff that her mom collects. So she texted her mom and her mom was like, I'll buy some. (laughs) So that was my only sale was asking my friend to come over and then getting, I guess, like his mother-in-law to buy something. Did, does it worry you a little bit that um, your kind of knickknacks are being snapped up by the, the by the mother-in-laws of friends of yours? Is that not worrying for the, the type of stuff you're picking up in your own time? Well, a lot of it is stuff that's been handed down to me. So it's it's not stuff I bought. My antiques were not up for sale. Oh. <laughs> now... I don't know. We, we, we previewed. I thought I'd bring this up because having spoken a little bit about my Ukrainian friend who has a tendency to say his best line from the from the weekend was he at one moment gave the middle finger to one of the other people attending as a joke. And then I laughed at it. And then a few minutes later, he asked me, hey, Ed, hey, Eddie, should I should I finger Phil again? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed for a solid three minutes. Um, but so that was the bachelor party. <laughs> yeah, he was my comic it was, relief. It yeah. was what we thought it was. Yes, exactly. But um you know, his tendency to say funny things or things that don't quite work. I don't know if you saw the the Korean network's coverage of the opening ceremony of the Olympics last week. North Korean or South Korean, sorry? South Korean. Okay. Oh, that was like one of the few I missed. I watched like okay. eight or nine <laughs> other countries' opening ceremony renditions, but I missed that one, I think. Well, I think you should be disappointed with yourself that you missed it because... In an effort to help viewers quickly recognize which country was entering the ceremony, because obviously they come pretty thick and fast, and you might not always be able to recognize the fat flag, they decided to. <laughs> that was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost a bleeped out moment. For the, me flag, the flag. The <laughs> flag. Um, definitely uh, an L. Yes. Um, <laughs> And by that, you mean lesbian, right? But there. <laughs> flag twirlers. But to help you recognize the flag and to get a f- couple of fun facts about the country that was going by, they picked an image associated with the country and just some interesting facts surrounding them. So I'll give you a couple of examples. When Italy came on screen, the image was a pizza, just so you knew straight away. Damn it, I was going to guess pizza. <laughs> fin- okay, you want to guess what happened when Finland came on? What what did they show an image of? Cold, like a glacier. <laughs> no, a food. An Fish. Ad- salmon, yes. Salmon. Yeah. 
Now these Actually, ones Norway has like, a lot more salmon. Is that going to that that. help? So like, these ones are maybe amusingly pointless. Things got a little bit darker with some of the countries. Uh-oh. So guess what they showed when Ukraine came on? Uh, Chernobyl. Correct. <laughs> way to laugh sam wait wait wait, wait. the hypocrisy of oh no it's japan wasn't it that had the nuclear thing <laughs> yes maybe wait eddie retracted are you retracted. sure are you sure they just weren't giving a shout out to the hbo series which was phenomenal well if they were then hbo has a few series i've never heard of for example when the republic of the marshall islands came on the TV caption read, it was a nuclear test site for the United States. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is uh, an HBO show. Yeah. When El, Salvador, project? when El Salvador appeared, because El Salvador accepts Bitcoin as legal tender now, they just had the Bitcoin symbol as the image. Which, of course, when you see Bitcoin, you think El Salvador. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, let me throw this back at you. Give me off the top of your head a better image for El Salvador. Oh, I know. I've got one. I would do the football <laughs> war. They had a war that started with Honduras oh, over a football match. How do so you I don't know how you would that in a picture? that. Now, I'd give yeah, you... You give the fact, I guess. Here's one that definitely wouldn't work for you. When Australia's description was the heartland of Oceania. And Iran's, dis- Iran's description was the center of Islam. Potentially Ooh. controversial. Yes. <laughs> um, the description of Syria was a resource-rich country that has been plagued by civil war. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a description in a video game. It does, yeah. <laughs> Do bit. I want to invade Syria? <laughs> they Now, this is a good one. Chad. Chad was described <laughs> wait, as... Wait, wait, did they put the TV show, the TBS show, Chad? No, this I don't know what the image was. I only know what the description was for this one. So the description of Chad was the dark heart of Africa. Oh no. Ooh. Now oh, dear. they've subsequently apologized, but it turns out they did something similar in two thousand and eight. And in two thousand and eight, for example, they described Zimbabwe as a country with deadly inflation. <laughs> <laughs> so part of me kind of loves this because it's almost as if it should it should be a comedic coverage of the olympics but it's not this is as if as if nbc or the bbc were doing this on their serious coverage and obviously a, a couple of these become a little bit racist um was the usa a hamburger i don't actually know what their desc- their description of the usa was i was gonna say did you get any of the uk ones in this as well no well, i'm guessing that they weren't interesting because they're not included on the list a bit too easy as well right <laughs> zimbabwe deadly inflation so i guess speaking of the olympics have you guys watched any events any days so far uh i've watched a little bit i probably haven't watched as much as i would have liked to a little bit distracted by the bachelor party and then also being stuck on a train for basically eight hours but uh caught caught some bits and pieces this morning i caught uh tom daly winning gold britain's two first golds actually pt in the in the breaststroke as we just discussed just 
a machine. It's just a machine. Fifth fifth fastest time of of in history, but the four faster times are all his. So, you know, and then uh, and became the first British athlete to ever defend their Olympic title in the pool, which is that's kind of kind of surprising. Kind of impressive, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. It started a bit of a gold rush for the UK, didn't it? Oh, Great Britain. Because, uh, what is it, Tom Pitcock as well won the mountain biking. So it was like three golds in a pretty short space of time. But yeah, like didn't the, the divers UK's... win too? Well, like that's Tom Daly divers? and... Oh, okay. Matty... I, I didn't hear Matty you say that. Matty Lee. Because this hear you is like Tom, guys, so I... like Tom Daly's, what, third Olympics? Or... Fourth. And this is he's, the guy's first. Tom so... Daly's 27. This is his fourth Olympics. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's obviously great to see. There was a but... there was a fourteen year old girl swimming in the semifinals of I forget what um, specialty it was yesterday, but she was fourteen. That's crazy. I want to actually I want to discuss this because so in the skateboarding right in the women's skateboarding a thirteen year old Japanese girl won gold. Yeah, I don't think I can take a sport that seriously if a thirteen year old can be the best in the world at it. I think that if your sport doesn't isn't built on well, the well, what about gymnastics? Most gymnastics. I don't are take under gymnastics 20. seriously. I don't. I, <laughs> I mean, look. Basically, we know what the rule is with gymnastics. If you're willing to just horrifically abuse your very small daughter, oh, she might turn into an Olympian. And I'm not even referring to the the abuse by the. Uh, uh, person, the trainer or physiotherapist or whatever it was. I'm just talking in general. We know how these people are treated by their parents for the most part. That it's a very kind of, I will live through you. I will make you into a great gymnast kind of thing. But again, I, I, I struggle with a sport. Obviously, the f- there's physical advantages within gymnastics to being young in terms of your flexibility and how supple you are and all those kind of things. And you just get aged out of it by kind of 25. I struggle with sports where you, that you're not like. I like the fact that Tom Brady is probably the best quarterback, and a big reason why he's the best quarterback is just he's done it for a long time, and his brain is understanding the sport differently to a lot of people. Whereas, if it was just, hey, you know what, you know who won the Super Bowl last year? Joe Schmo, thirteen-year-old kid, rocket arm, just came into the NFL, couldn't stop him. You know, I'd struggle with that one a little bit. Yeah, skateboarding is a bit of a, a weird one for me. I, I don't kind of understand. Do you get better with experience and age of that kind of sport? Like in a hundred years, are they going to look back at the skateboarders and go, "I'm here because of this guy who inspired me forty years ago" or something like that? I'm not. Yeah, I, don't I, really I think see they're all that saying that about sport. Tony Hawk right now. <laughs> That's Literally Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawk for everyone. One guy, okay. Yeah, I don't think that invalidates the point though of skateboarding, where it's like I don't, I, I, I just don't, think... don't see it. I don't see the physicality of it. I don't see the challenge. I guess which might. Be I mean, it's definitely more... challenging, and there's definitely a physical aspect to it. But I don't think no. it should be in the Olympics. But uh, yeah, this is what I think we all struggle with is. There's a lot of things in the Olympics that I don't really consider that much of a sport. And I think that's the thing is the Olympics, it doesn't have to be that major of a sport to be in the Olympics. I mean, for instance, I watched archery the other day 
And no offense to archery, I'm sure it's super, super difficult, but I don't consider that a sport. Like, no, you're literally just standing there pulling, you know, pulling a string and releasing it as steadily as you can. That's it. That's the whole event. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. There's nothing else to it. There's a little it's, bit it's, of strain on your arms. You need strong arms because the the tension and the whole. Okay, your well, the people I saw, they didn't look too strong, Eddie. <laughs> I'm and sure they got more. The second thing sh- about the archery that was great, <laughs> they shoot two arrows and then they take a water break. <laughs> they take like a two minute water break, shoot two more arrows, and then take another two minute water break. I didn't get it. Come on. Look, I don't disagree. <laughs> I find archery quite compelling to watch, though. I mean, it, no, my it, only that's issue- what I mean. It's same thing. Yeah. What about the shooting then? I like um, shoot. I like the skeet shooting. I, I like no, that. No, no, no. Not even the skeet one, you know, where they do the target shooting. Indoors. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, that's rapid shooting. So that's fun. I... Do you know what I actually kind of think in the Olympics? One of my rules for the Olympics should be you should be able to understand what they're doing pretty much instantly. Like, you could know nothing about the javelin, but then you go, oh, they're just trying to throw it as far as they can. And the guy who throws it the furthest wins. Or skeet shooting, whoever hits the most targets, or whoever gets closest to the bullseye and this and that, you figure it out. But once you get into skateboarding, and and I know gymnastics is also going to fall into this category and synchronize, like the diving. But once you get into this moment where, oh, no, 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 an expert has to now assess how well they performed. So, which I think is tough sometimes. Sometimes I'll watch the dives. and well, That was pretty good. And then the commentator's like, oh, nope. they'll be so disappointed with that one. <laughs> and you're like, oh, look, look, look pretty good to so me. So you're not a fan of like the equestrian or the horse related ones then? Um, like show jumping, and... show jumping, I'm fine with. No, the actual, the, the trotting, uh, not trotting, whatever it, it is. The, um, but yeah. Yeah. Eddie, so getting... Frank, I guess on your Wait, logic. Eddie, though, real quick. Shot hold on, real put. quick, Sam. Hold on. Eddie, getting back to your diving thing though, when you think it's good. Then once you start watching enough, do you try and be that person that's like, ooh, I saw that. That didn't look good. The, the guy's left yeah. leg moved a little. And then they're just like, that was amazing. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, you become <laughs> become an instant expert. I, yeah. I The other thing that – and I actually experienced this weekend at the bachelor party where the Ukrainian guy insisted that a few people watch some bare-knuckle boxing out of Ukraine that was going on. Oh, my God. The and lack of rules on that. So that that starts – it's the same, right? Combat sports come on. Everyone is a combat sport expert as soon as the fight starts. Suddenly, everyone's yeah. like, no, that guy looks better. Look at how he's throwing his jabs. He's keeping his distance. And you go, oh, have you boxed before? Never. You've been in a bar fight before? Oh, never. Yeah, have, you, have you ever actually thrown a punch? Never. Okay, yeah, I'm going to trust your opinion then on who's, who, how, how and why this person is winning the fight. Yeah. So you need to be a seasoned, like, battered and broken human being to be able to judge... You like either need to tell me that you watch a lot of boxing or you got to tell me you've boxed a bit. But if you just say, no, I've watched four fights in my life, but I think I've got it down. Now, maybe that's what they should do. Maybe that would be more interesting they, for the diving, for example. The, the, the judges aren't experts. They just bring in random people. So also the thing is to write the early, <laughs> jury of your peers. The early scores would be very high because you'd instantly be impressed you'd be like that one looked good and they'd be like that was terrible but it's like i got to go first so i'm okay here 10 and then the next guy goes you're like well that was better than the first guy but i can't go higher than 10 so (laughs) everybody gets 10s but 
so Frank, going back to your point about archery, I guess so shot put, you're just taking one big step and throwing something. Like that's not a sport. Frank. I, I mean Sam. Sorry. You, you, Sam, you you can't you can't we have it we had a throwing coach on. You can't then attack <laughs> the throwing sports. Come on. When we no, I, when we get an archery coach on, we'll leave archery alone. <laughs> no, I I've always said, I mean, I literally did track and field, you know, at Penn State. It's a sport, but it's at the very minimum of what I would consider a sport. So for instance, I I mean, I have many friends that were runners. I don't know if I consider running a sport because other sports use running to train for their sport, if you see what I'm saying. So it's like an inception style, like sport within a sport. It's like an athletic activity for me. Oh, I'd love to hear you say that at the Olympics. Like, well done on winning this activity. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> like, kind of... Tr- this like, hobby. Come on. It's, yeah. It's it, it, will come up, it will come up. It'll be like Usain Bolt, hobbyist. Lobbyist. <laughs> World leading activity winner. Gold medal winning hobbyist. I mean, when do you, I wonder, I, I guess the logic there is like, when do you stop? Like, when do you define a sport? It's impossible, to, it's to, impossible. Come up, to come up with a clear definition of what is and what isn't a sport. Because if you, whenever you get involved in those debates and you try, you start to create some rules and then someone will say, well, what about it's this impossible. sport? And then you're like, okay, well, no, that one is a sport. Well, why? It doesn't fit your original definition. Well, because it's a bit different. And to me, and the thing I think that's clear is, and I think we probably all fall in the same camp, it's not an insult to say it's not a sport. Darts, to me, isn't a sport. I like darts. I like watching darts, and I admire the skill of darts players. It doesn't, no point, in no way am I affected by whether or not I think it's a sport as to how impressed I am by the skill. And I'm kind of with you, Frank, where the running, it's, it doesn't feel like it should be a sport. It doesn't feel like you should become a sport for taking the, the more difficult stuff out of every other sport. Yeah. But at and, the same and that, time. And that doesn't mean I don't love watching and yeah. respect the hell out of anyone who is yeah. an elite level runner. For I mean, sure. I, I, I enjoy it a lot. I mean, even the archery, I, I enjoyed watching the archery, even though, half of it was them drinking water <laughs> but they drank it well <laughs> yeah. you couldn't drink really you couldn't good. drink the water that well no someone I, threw a bottle of water in the air so, and someone like shot it out of the sky with an arrow cool. that would be cool so one of the other main takeaways is when we talked about i guess like a month ago or so eddie was kind of hesitant and kind of backed it up on this podcast about things like skateboarding being a in the Olympics and surfing and that they shouldn't be in how this one went under my radar and is now an Olympic sport blows my mind. Three on three basketball. How the fuck did that become an Olympic event? And why is that an Olympic event? Has that ever been a thing? Not at the Olympics, but has it ever been like a sport at a professional level? Yes. I've never seen it on television. Okay. So, it's, it's huge. huge. It, no, no, no. Hold on. It's huge in like Serbia, Croatia. Serbia. It's huge there. Ooh, uh, it's bigger than American centric. Well, here's my view. Actually, 
I kind of like 3v3 basketball being in. I would take out 5v5 basketball from the Olympics because I'm more in the category of I don't think any sport should be in the Olympics where the pinnacle of the sport is not winning the Olympic gold medal. Like football should not be in the Olympics or soccer should not be in the Olympics because no one's trading their gold Olympic gold medal for a world. If, if I say which here you've won the World Cup, you've won the Olympic gold. You can trade that in to win the World Cup next time. No one's saying, no, I want to keep that Olympic gold. Tennis shouldn't be in. No one's trading their Olympic gold medal in, you know, trading in their Wimbledon for the Olympic gold. You know, like Djokovic is playing in, in the Olympics this, right now. There's no way he would have, would say, hey, I'll forget about the Wimbledon. I just won. Just let me win the Olympics. So I think all of those sports should be done away with. And I like the idea that you want to kind of keep basketball in but you have a new, a different variety of basketball that maybe attracts a different type of player. Mm. Plus, I'm down with if 3v3 was the only version of basketball. If the yeah. USA had a 3v3 basketball team that was like LeBron James, or, you know, Zion. But that's... I'm, on, I'm all in then. That's part of my issue, though, is you're playing a sport where probably the best players of that sport are choosing not to play it. And I don't just mean Americans. Like, think of all the good international players, like Luca. Imagine Luca playing three-on-three. Three. He would dominate that three-on-three, three, but he's gonna he's not going to choose to play. So instead, you have some Serbian guy who's the best in this three-on-three. Three. He's, like, the legend. I watched uh, their, like, their match. It's, like, the bullet is his nickname. And they were just raving about how great this guy is. And he's good. I mean, he hit a ton of shots. But now, insert the best three American basketball players you can think of to play him, it's a whole different ballgame. This guy isn't and even they, maybe. coming close. And they lose to France. No, no he's maybe, not. And, I mean, here's the one But thing that's not is, the I three don't... best USA team. That's a whole different story. No, no, Yeah, I, no, 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 of course. I, I, get, I get it. I'm just I, I don't know enough about the sort of technical differences between 3v3 and 5v5 to know. But it could be one of those things, like if you take football, for example, uh, being a really good five-a-side like indoor football player is very different to being a very good 11-a-side football player or like a futsal, the stuff that they do, or beach beach soccer, I guess, would be a really good comparison. Like totally different set of skills and you could take Lionel Messi and stick him on a beach soccer game and he'd probably be pretty good, but the best players in the world would, would run rings um, around him. Interesting so, point. Rugby sevens is a good one as well. They don't do the full team rugby at the Olympics, but they do rugby sevens. And obviously yeah. it's a very different skill set. I know a lot of people make the transition, but it's a good example. Also because like some sports at the Olympics have restrictions on things like, so like football, for example, you can only pick X amount of players over the age of 23. They deliberately put those things in to almost, well, you'd look at it two ways, either to stop it being dominated by a certain country or club or to incentivize people from, you know, youngsters to come up to it. So. I, I think they do that because they're trying to hold on to some ridiculous concept that, that the Olympics is still for amateur athletes. And so that if you put the under 23 requirement in, you get youngsters coming in who are not sort of established superstars from world football. And so it just feels a little bit, it's a youth kind of turns itself into a youth tournament, which seems a little bit closer to being an amateur thing. And then also it's interesting for, it gives a lot more teams, obviously the opportunity, you know, Nigeria won a gold medal, but Nigeria could never win the World Cup. But you put them in a scenario where 
maybe they have a good set of talented youngsters. They've got a chance of winning if they all turn up and play. Interesting. But, Speaking of sports, what about like the combination of sports? You know, like decathlon, triathlon. With the, is that a? It's pretty impressive to do. It's all impressive. I like it. I like the fact that you. I like the the multiple day event aspect to it, and I like seeing the points. Um, I obviously like it a lot when you're really familiar when it is a British or an American athlete, so you have a sense of oh, they're going to be good at this one event. They're going to get points. I mean, a lot of points here. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those weird things. You know, the Olympics makes you interested in things that you're only ever going to be interested in for a couple of weeks every four years, which is a, sort of a sad thing for the people who do it all the time, but also a nice thing for them because the, you know, the other scenario is no one's ever interested in what you do. You know, <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, people often go, well, why can't you love this? Why aren't you into, uh, why aren't you into gymnastics every day of the year? So would you prefer, I'm just never interested in gymnastics because that's, that's, I'm, I'm way closer to that than I am into buying into gymnastics full time. Yeah. It's obviously when you watch things like the judo and taekwondo early on as well, it's like, I hear the word Ippon once every four years yeah. and then and forget an about it until four years later. Yeah. Oh, no, I do think that's the interesting thing, too. You have to try and remember. You're suddenly trying to sort of re-remember these things you picked up on four or eight years ago. You're like, I remember there was that moment when I, I kind of started to really understand this sport. And now I've got this kind of a vague ghost in my mind. But I did like the, the coverage I particularly love. The thing that I like in, in the Olympics sometimes, and this isn't to be anti-American, but I do like when an American loses and the American media coverage suddenly has to process the fact that there are people elsewhere in the world who are quite good at sports. So like Katie Ledecky losing in the swimming and all of the coverage was as if this was the most incredible upset ever, even though she lost to someone who has been recording faster times than her and had beaten her in recent competition. But and not from the, prof I'm not saying the swimming, the people who knew swimming covering it, covering the sport have treated it as if it's some massive upset. But the people, when I've kind of looked at the non-swimming sports coverage in the US, it's as if, oh my God, how could this happen? How could this person, the swimmer who I know their name and I know they're American, how could they ever lose to someone from Australia? Even though Australia has quite a proud history in, of swimming, but that, that bit amused me. How good was that celebration by the Australian coach? I yeah. thought he was going to jump yeah. off the balcony into the pool, no, become a diver. <laughs> yeah. Did you see who he said was in, he was inspired by for his celebration? No. The, the ultimate warrior, the wrestler. <laughs> the wrestler? Yeah. His description <laughs> of it too, he said, I was really inspired by the ultimate warrior. I loved him by his child and I just sort of, I, he just embodied me in that moment of celebrating. He said, I really liked the um, ultimate warrior. He's dead, but I really liked him. <laughs> it, was, it was just a really <laughs> weird way to throw it in. There was the fencing guy that ran off and celebrated like Cristiano. He did the Cristiano Ronaldo like the, turn the and jump boom. as well. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. And then did you see in the triathlon, the boat that caused the full start? Yeah. Like, Frank, have you seen that video? So no. there was this, you should watch it. <laughs> like, it's just so farcical because 
obviously all the triathlon athletes in the men's are lined up, ready to go. And they, they obviously start it and then realize that this boat is like covering half of the starting bit. So half of them can't set off. And then this boat decides to start like reversing around. And it's genuinely amazing that people haven't died in this moment. Like it's, I, it's a little bit farcical, but I shouldn't laugh, but yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting Olympics for sure. To go back to that, the swimming coach celebrating though, the other thing I did like, not only Americans, uh, reacting to Ledecky winning. And I had, I saw one comparison from someone who works for ESPN who said, that's like Adam Vinatieri missing a 30 yard field goal, which is, it's not, she was competing against everyone knew it was kind of what? a 50, 50 race. Yeah. But, and, um, and she's, she said it was her heart. It was the least likely one for her yes. to win. Yeah. And it was the hardest one because it's coming off the day before she has her, more, not more important that they're all important races right but the but ones that she likely. should be winning yeah and she has like a a grueling schedule starting now so obviously she's probably trying to conserve some energy as well yeah you know like yeah but well the other thing i loved was that a bunch of americans again media outlets that i've seen have called out the australian coach for his celebrations not being in the olympic spirit which Look, I kind of agree they're a bit over the top. Also, it's concerning that he broke basically every COVID protocol over the course of that celebration. He went into a zone he wasn't supposed to be in. He ripped his mask off and broke it in the process. But there's a lot of things there. He's subsequently apologized. The Olympic Committee has warned people to behave themselves in the future. But if there's one country on earth that cannot criticize other people for over-the-top celebrations when it comes to sports and celebrations that are not maybe in line with the spirit of the competition in which they are competing, it's the United States. I mean, just go and watch the Ryder Cup and then try and tell me that Americans respect the kind of decorum of the, the moment in sport in which they're competing. Anyway, that's my little anti-US rant just for our foreign listeners there before we transition onto some more American sports over the coming weeks. I'll tell you the other one. Speaking of celebrations, this ties in with the last part I want to talk about with the Olympics. I've watched a decent amount of fencing. And one of the aspects of fencing is after every point, you celebrate like you've just won the gold medal because part of it is is like the you want to convince the official that you were the first to touch in like a close touch, but it is just over the top obnoxious. The the one match watching these two guys, every one was as if like Usain Bolt broke the world record in the hundred meter, like the celebration. Half of them he's like flipping off his mask, throwing it. It's like, dude, come on, it's point three, you know, like it's 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 crazy. It's even for someone who enjoys that kind of unsportsmanlike showmanship a little bit it was too much <laughs> yeah especially then when you could but fencing's cool it's fun to watch it is i mean not a very accessible sport <laughs> you know it's no. one of those where you, you know, don't have those lying around <laughs> no you know the background of every person there basically um but uh but yeah no yeah it's in, i mean i i enjoy almost every olympic sport so it's a fun couple of weeks I also think it's nice. 
I don't really care who wins anything in the Olympics. Every once in a while, I get attached to a particular athlete or, you know, there's a degree of patriotism that kicks in. But for me, my patriotism only kicks in maybe with specific sports rather than across the board. So in cycling, I might get a bit patriotic or rowing, rowing. I will, but I don't really care. In the in in athletics, it's when they're the big upsets that Britain has had, like when they won the four by 100, that was huge. But I don't typically care too much. I don't, for example, care if a British javelin thrower wins the gold or not. If it's head to head with someone else, I'm I'd just like to see some long throws. It's nice to enjoy sport with no pressure or investment as a spectator. I spend so much of my life feeling as if I'm kicking every ball or throwing every pass. It's kind of nice to just enjoy the spectacle of sport. Eddie, is it, isn't this the awakening maybe that you need to step back a little then? Well, I can't. I mean, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're just laughing at his addiction. <laughs> no, no, but I can't. I just like that's, you know, I need that. I'm never going to not have that same level of passion over watching, you know, England play football. I'm not, I would be sad if I was watching a World Cup and just thought, you know what? I just hope the best team wins. That would be, that would actually be the moment that you would see me leaping out of my window. I'd get angry at you saying it. I'd probably uh, throw you out of the window yeah. if, I, if so, I heard you just saying, I just hope this is a good game. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so I think I think that's what's kind of nice about it is I don't care who wins the diving. Oh, cool. Some British guys won, but doesn't really care. It was just cool to see people do things really, really well. And and that's that's a refreshing change for me in just low stress spectator no stakes enjoy the moment but the only reason to flip it the only reason why it's refreshing is because i live the other you know 98 percent of the time every four years of of my four-year stretches being too heavily invested in the performance sport athletic performances of people i don't know so like basically like you get to like england at a major finals and you crescendo at that point and then you see something like the olympics and it's like a slow reset before an 18 months worth of rebubbling which i also think i also think it's a nice come down after the stress of the euros so having just been really heavily invested in the performance of english athletes to now just sit back and go okay, I'd like PT to win the gold medal, and I'm pretty sure he will, but if something disastrous happens in this, I'm okay with it. I won't lose any sleep over the fact that he might suffer the one of the greatest upsets in Olympic history, whereas I couldn't have that same attitude if England were knocked out by the Faroe Islands in the Euros. Now, uh, speaking of American sports, I guess, we could transition to the big news out of the NFL. Some interesting new rules and protocols being put in place, including well, the, the big headline being that the NFL has said that teams will forfeit games if they have multiple positive COVID tests. And whereas in last season, games were rescheduled, this time around, it's just a loss. I yeah. kind of don't know how to feel about it in now, some respects. Now, wait, real quick. I haven't read the 
the rules like super closely. If it's a positive test, but you've been vaccinated, does that count still? So let me read, I can read part of the memo. So it's like, if a game is cancelled or postponed because a club cannot play due to a COVID spike among or resulting from its non-vaccinated players or staff, then the burden of the cancellation or delay will fall on the club experiencing the COVID infection. Like that's the, a bit more meat behind it, but that's fundamentally (laughs) what it is. I mean, it throws into it obviously throws a ton of questions in like now it puts the onus on the club. So you would have seen people like the Titans, if the vaccination was a thing, then you would have seen them probably forfeit games. The Steelers wouldn't have been as affected as they were. So like, there's a lot of things throwing up there, but also like the individualistic part of things. Like if players conscientiously don't want the vaccine, then are responsible. Like the clubs now have to think I'm not playing them. I don't want them near my venue because they could cost us to forfeit games with their choice. Like, I, I, I don't know what you guys think of it, but I, I think it's kind of individual. It's like individualistically interesting. It's from a club perspective, interesting, but it's also interesting the NFL putting this back on the clubs rather than last year where it was on them to reschedule. Yeah, I think it's interesting, particularly because you have quite a number of outspoken NFL players who have said that they will not get the vaccine. So you are putting teams in an interesting position as to do you cut a player because he's not getting the vaccine? I mean, if you were a GM and a player isn't that crucial, I think I would start cutting people. I would set a deadline and say you're off the 53-man roster if you're not vaccinated by this point. Now, the tricky thing with that is you're going to have to do an assessment on how valuable they are because you're not going to cut your for your number your starting quarterback because he's not vaccinated like if Mahomes refused to get vaccinated the Chiefs are not going to cut him but and if I was a Chiefs GM I would know that but then I would cut a bunch of other guys because they weren't vaccinated which then would probably open up the possibility of a lawsuit for unfair dismissal if you're then in that situation so then can you do it you'd have to come up for another reason why they're being cut um it's 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 kind of a nightmare for everyone involved hopefully players see sense it's kind of a nightmare unless you just do the sensible reasonable thing and get vaccinated and get vaccinated right (laughs) but you have people like cole beasley right who's so outspoken about the fact that he's not going to be vaccinated that he then said he would only get vaccinated if uh his wife was going to start receiving a percentage of pfizer's profits in which case, immediately a number of people said, well, you can just buy Pfizer stock. And uh, Mark Cuban generously offered to give him a share in Pfizer if he got vaccinated, which from a billionaire, the offer of, I think Pfizer trades at around $47, $48, the offer of one share. Now, I think he was doing it more to, he said it, it pays an annual dividend of around $3, I think. Um, I think he was just more trying to, point out the idiocy of the original statement but i mean you have these hardline it is clear that not all of the nfl is going to get vaccinated dak prescott refused to answer whether or not he would you have players like matt ryan who are speaking really publicly about their decision to get vaccinated and also i think in the case of matt ryan speaking about how he thinks he has a responsibility as a leader to get vaccinated which is you know a whole different element to this that he thinks for the good of the team you kind of have to do it and also to set an example to other people you have to do it but 
fundamentally, I think unless the NFL starts paying players to get vaccinated, it's not going to happen. What, as in they're not going to come down hard on these clubs because someone... No, no, no. They'll come to... I think they're not going to backtrack. If there's if there's an outbreak and they start... They can't go through the mess that they had last year with those games being postponed and with the Steelers season kind of being destroyed through no fault of their own, but through the fact that two teams that they played, you know, they just lost their bye week, basically. And... Then also, you know, their whole kind of schedule planning. It's not as if the Steelers would have won the Super Bowl, but their season definitely fell apart as a result of the fact that twice they had the misfortune of coming up against teams that had outbreaks. I think they'll definitely, I think there will be, I mean, I'll put it this way. Here's the bet. 1.5 over under number of games forfeited in the upcoming NFL season because of COVID, do you go over or under 1.5? I I think over, just because when you look at the wording, it says like among or resulting from non-vaccinated players or staff. So you like fundamentally, if you've been double jabbed, you can still get COVID and you can still infect. But if someone is non-vaccinated and then gets it from you you're still then liable for the forfeit so i think that it's going to happen more than once for sure um yeah i i I think over 1.5 i'd be taking there i'll go under because while i do think there will be unvaccinated i still think the majority will be vaccinated i have to imagine that they're going to be higher than the normal population just because of these rules that are in place. Maybe. So are you going zero or just under 1.5? Under 1.5. It's a hell of a guess. Okay. It's a hell of a guess to say there's one game that will be well, displayed. There's a certain logic to the idea of there being one and only one in that if a bun- if one happens, then all the other teams might suddenly start really They'll forcing line, play- it Yeah, You might start to say, God, hey, look, you're going to cost us you know, we're going to be a nine-win team. You might cost us all of our chances of making the playoffs and of winning the Super Bowl because you're not vaccinated. And even if you're a good team, the fine margins, you start looking at what's your seeding going to be like. You know, are you going to miss out on a buy because someone isn't vaccinated? You know, the things like that. They're also going to fine players individually. So individual players will be fined $14,650 for any violation, unvaccinated play, players will be fined that amount for any violation of COVID protocols. So what are you doing? Over or under? I think I'm going to over, but just, I think two or three. Yeah. I, I just I think when you look at ballooning, you just look at outbreaks everywhere. You know, I think that's also just, we're in that mode a little bit where people are starting to feel like the end is in sight when the reality is we're facing spikes pretty much everywhere we are, at least in cases, not necessarily in the severity of those cases, but it's then difficult to imagine. I mean, look, our podcast, Sam, you would have forfeited a week of the podcast. But if, if they're vaccinated though, then it wouldn't, they wouldn't forfeit, right? But that's Correct. my point is that indirectly, they could infect a non-vaccinated player. Yeah. And then because that non-vaccinated player has COVID, 
that is yeah but so but like i said the wording is among or resulting so if there's non-vaccinated players or staff in the team and there's a covid spike it doesn't matter how it's gone into the team there's a liability in the team can you read it again because the way it sounded when you read it was there had to be like a lot of unvaccinated players that tested positive so it's not like one unvaccinated player so if a game is cancelled or postponed because a club cannot play due to a COVID spike among or resulting from its non-vaccinated players. So two, two things that could happen. That is so risky to, to that but, is like I said, in trouble. You know, is if you have someone, an unvaccinated person, you have, you have one and then cause you have, like four vaccinated people. That is yeah. going to be such exactly. a tricky issue exactly. to say who caused what. It's, yeah. it's almost got to be all or nothing. Yeah. Which is the point. The argument but, would just be like, actually, no, it was the vaccinated player who first did it, and but, the unvaccinated but, player just happened to catch it from him. Right. And how can Sam? Sam has Sam has two points, which are right. So yes, okay. There's a, there'd be tricky to prove who was the first because yeah, if you have a 53 man roster, only one of them is unvaccinated. He gets COVID. Six others. You postpone the game. You could try and spin that. No, no, no. The outbreak wasn't caused by the unvaccinated player. So in this case, yeah. we don't fall under this rule. However, what Sam's also pointing out is you could have a 53-man roster. Ten of them are unvaccinated. The person who brings COVID into the locker room is vaccinated. But then the fact that it spreads through all 10 of those non-vaccinated players, you're then toast. So, yeah. I mean, it's... It's tough. It's tricky. It's the burden. The burden is really tough. Right? And plus, this is, this, is this just players or does this include... This includes staff. staff. So, so players or staff. Your, your water boy who's not vaccinated, you know? And we've seen that already with a coach losing his job and a coach being openly turned down. And the reason they did not give him the job was because he said he would not get vaccinated. I mean, certainly on the staff level, if I was running an organization, I would be getting rid of there. I'd have no problems. Maybe not your head coach, but certainly everyone be sort of below coordinators if you're not getting vaccinated, I'm. You can go and find employment elsewhere because I yeah. think I can probably replace you. Arsenal, they can do the Arsenal thing where they kind of furloughed everyone, but then started hiring like 40, 50 million pound players. Yeah, I mean, Is, I'm definitely. You're not if you're the physio, for example. Well, I'm not keeping you around. Yeah, it, the, the, the liability there just plummets. Yeah. But here's an interesting one. Obviously, the Texans have now come out and said that they're changing their position on. Uh, Watson in terms of trading but if he then double jabs does he then become a more attractive proposition if you've got a QB that maybe doesn't double jab Sam that is so disrespectful to all the people out there that are giving him massages that you just say (laughs) double jab yeah, <laughs> that's how he got himself into this trouble. He's yeah. been double. He's been double jabbing. He's been double jabbing he's too been, much. <laughs> he's been double jabbing before double jabbing was a thing. Yeah, I've had like forty double. I've had forty ejections. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've read it. I, I, anyway, like, sure. but that that becomes a thing, right? If someone, if you have to get rid of someone in a position because they're not vaccinated, suddenly do you become? Suddenly, is it like a more tradable thing to say, like, well, I'm double jabbed, I'm ready to oh, go? Okay, let's is stop Deshaun saying double jabbed. Not, yeah, it's not, <laughs> is he not? Yeah, the same way that he said garage too much, you're saying double jab too much. Um, I don't, I don't know, and but I do to answer your question, Sam. I do think if I were a free agent 
and I'm struggling to get a job, a hundred percent, you get it yourself. You got to get yourself vaccinated because you have to say, I need to be, that makes me more interesting uh, as a, as a sort of bit part player on a team. And the same, if you're a player who during the season is just waiting for an injury to pop up and that you might get called up, you're kind of a backup quarterback who you know if the backup goes down somewhere else, I'm going to get that job for a few weeks. You have to be vaccinated because it is another selling point. Don't worry, I'm fully vaccinated. Everything's good. I can come onto the team tomorrow and you have no worries about the fact that I might cost you a game. And that's going to be where people will get really angry, right? Imagine your third string quarterback causes an outbreak and he's unvaccinated. I mean, how angry would you be? What's going to happen? The, the interesting part of this rule, what happens if this is the playoffs? Could a team forfeit the Super Bowl because they have 10 unvaccinated players who get COVID a week before guts. the game? The guts on that call would be insane. No, but you know what I mean? <laughs> How does it, how does this work? Super Bowl maybe not because it can probably spin that you can reschedule that without it being too big of a problem. You can delay it to the following week and it's a nightmare, but it's not too much of a nightmare. But if it's a playoff game where you know you have to play another game a week later, there's nothing you can do. But we're we're missing the big sport, the big news from American sports this week, which is that the uh, Cleveland Indians announced what their new name would be. Oh. Pray tell. Oh, I think this is a name that's likely to be popular with you, Sam. Given your love of Marvel and comic books, they will now be the Cleveland Guardians. That's kind of cool. What's the logo look like? Or have they had like a full-on rebrand because of it? Or the logo? Is it still there? Chris Pratt <laughs> as Star-Lord. <laughs> See, that would be great if they just full-on invested, got oh, the rights from Disney. Like the, like the Raptors, if they went full Raptor mode. Or the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yeah. Um, the logo, it's too... So the the origin of the Guardians is that they have a bridge that crosses, and they have the Guardians of the Traffic. It's a kind of Art Deco bridge. It's right outside the stadium that crosses whatever the river is that runs into the Great Lake. Um, I've got all the local <laughs> details down there. Uh, <laughs> so the logo is then kind of in line with the art... The, the the art deco angels on the bridge it's the two it's got two wings surrounding a baseball personally to me not a great logo i'm a little put put off they have a th they've mixed 3d and 2d within the same logo which is i'm not a designer but very strange so you have 3d wings and a 2d ball i don't love that he had to go 3d ball i also just i don't i don't really love the the overall look it looks a little bit like you went onto a free logo maker and made a, a good logo one. a good, a good one free you pay, logo okay you went onto a logo maker maker you paid five dollars for and you made yourself a fantasy baseball logo that's the best logo definitely in your fantasy baseball league but it's not a logo that you should be having as a major league baseball league team. Yeah, it's okay. And I don't I don't mind the name. It it will for sure lead to some interesting and good headlines and puns, I'm sure. I don't hate the name. It's pretty decent. I like that they kind of kept right, it's sort of similar to Indians. You know, it's still got the Indians ending, so they've sort of kept 
something going there. Um, it, so if you say it really quick, you don't yeah, mess up yeah. like Redskins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there you go, Frank. You threw it in. <laughs> we're we're no, warming up to our NFL preview. I did hate the number of people who made the same joke that you get about the Washington football team where they said, well, Cleveland really missed the opportunity to just call themselves the Cleveland baseball team or the Cleveland baseball club, which is, again, that would have been fine to me if they just called themselves the Cleveland baseball team or Cleveland base. They'd just been CBC as sort of what they'd gone by. Uh, you know, to, I think that would have been actually perfectly fine. And you just keep the, I mean, I'm wearing a Cleveland hat right now. You just keep the C as the main logo. And you just call people, say, the Twins are playing Cleveland tonight. Would have worked for me. The, tw- the Twins are playing baseball club. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> no, it's so dumb. But yeah. You did skip over. See, I thought when you said the big news out of the NFL, I thought you were going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. We talk about him so much, though. Yeah, he gets I almost know. weekly attention at the moment. Well, we can so keep he's it staying short. put now, right? He's, so he's, he's now staying put like stay everyone put. thought. Yeah. <laughs> but he did tweet out that picture. He and Devontae Adams had their Instagram where they put out the Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan. They both simultaneously posted the picture from the last dance, implying that this is the last dance. Or is it that Devontae Adams just actually hates Michael Jordan like Pippen did? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. Maybe they just think they're Jordan and Pippen. They just think they're great teammates who work really well together. But no, you have to assume that it's some kind of hidden message saying, oh, this is over. In which case, I'd like to know, that makes, I guess, Aaron Rodgers, Michael Jordan, so he'll retire, and then he'll come back later to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars for two seasons. And that also means that Devontae Adams is going to spend the next six or seven years playing for pretty good teams, but constantly living in the shadow of his achievements with the Packers. Actually, that brings up a pretty good question that I was going to follow up with. Devontae Adams was the first 99 overall by Madden this year, or like announced by Madden. And he was voted the best wide receiver by all the players and coaches in the NFL. Is he actually the best receiver in the NFL and is a 99 overall? Or is that inflated because he's playing with Aaron Rodgers? I think it's inflated because he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's also inflated because the Packers aren't that good. So it kind of makes it, if your take is Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in football, and obviously this doesn't factor into what the players or the coaches are saying, but as a non-player coach, it makes you sound like it's a smarter pick than saying someone who's on a good team. If you see what I mean, not that the Packers are terrible, but if you just pick one of the guys who, oh, you saw him in the playoffs and you think he's pretty good, it sounds smarter to be to come up with the name that you maybe didn't think you were going to have there and then throw them in. I mean, Devontae Adams is very, very good. I just think if we, if we did that thing that we'd like to talk about sometimes, you're drafting one wide receiver for this season, he's not going number one. Well, I, the issue is, is when you start to think about it. So here is, according to um, PFF, the 30, well, I'm just going to read the top five best receivers entering the 2021 season. 
Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson II, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas. That's their top seven. Who, who is better than Adams? Is it Hopkins? I mean, uh, Metcalf's not on that list either, but uh, in their top seven at least. is Because uh, when I think about Tyreek Hill, he is a great player and he's amazing to watch and he's explosive. But play in and play out, is he as productive as someone like Devontae Adams is? No, I, I would take Devontae Adams. So if we were doing this draft, I would take Devontae Adams over Tyreek Hill. But I would take, I would definitely take DK Metcalf over Devontae Adams. I'd probably take DeAndre Hopkins over him. I might take Stefan Diggs over him. Wow. I mean, it's hard to, you know, Stefan Diggs, year in, year out, puts up huge numbers, performs at a really high level. And the teams that he's on, their performance levels as a team change dramatically. I mean, the argument you could kind of make, right, is Aaron Rodgers throws tons of touchdowns and tons of yards to whatever random crew of wide yep. receivers you assemble around him. So whereas Stefan Diggs goes to the Bills and completely transforms Josh Allen's performance as a quarterback. So, and now that's yep. also because he had another year in the NFL and the team was good overall, but definitely he has, he can take credit for what Josh Allen did last year, the step he took forward. Whereas there's no way that um, Devontae Adams could say, I make Aaron Rodgers a better quarterback. Yeah. So for context, uh, Stefan Diggs had the most passes caught last year. Adams was second, but Adams missed two games. But Devontae Adams also had 18 touchdowns. Um, if you go to Pro Football Network, their rankings a little different. So they have Tyreek Hill first, Devontae Adams second, Diggs third. Hopkins fourth, AJ Brown fifth, and DK Metcalf is tenth in that one. So yeah, I mean, it's I, tough. I, I mean, to to be a ninety nine in Madden, not to. I don't want to get into the Madden rankings because we do this every year with how dumb some of them are. But I feel like you have to be just hands down. Yes, he's the best, and I yeah. can't hands down say Devonte Adams is the best because I don't know if it's him or if it's Rogers. Well, that's the problem now is they've created the 99 mark. So like Eddie said, when he said he would give everyone a 10, when you see the first person and you can't do anything now from that, like they should have made that completely sacred or at least adjusted later on. It, now you've I, made I, that benchmark. I think most years there shouldn't be a 99. I think it should be a wow, someone was given a 99 in Madden. It shouldn't be, oh yeah, every year we give it to 10 wow. guys. Yeah. Every year we give it to 10 guys. Which 10 guys are we going to give it to this year? I would want to, I w it would be m a much bigger news story if Madden, look, 95 is what superstars get in Madden. Oh my God, can you believe it? They gave Patrick Mahomes a 99. Like, the, it, almost as if you could use the Madden 99 as an argument for Hall of Fame inclusion. Do you see what I mean, though? <laughs> like, if I were Ian, I know, yeah, that's, for sure. For yeah. sure. It will be one day, and that's kind of the crazy part. Oh, yeah. I'm sure one day they're going to be like, he was seven. a 13-time Pro Bowler, 7-time yeah. 99 on Madden. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. And number one overall draft pick for every successful eSports team playing Madden. 
for 13 seasons. But yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about Rodgers too, right? He, he turned down the two-year extension that would have made him the highest paid player in football. I, I don't know. Part of me just feels like he's just constantly chasing attention from the news. Um, I think he knows. I can't see a situation in which Aaron Rodgers is playing football five years from now. So I think he knows he's retiring pretty soon anyway and probably is enjoying, even though he doesn't like talking to the press, I think he is clearly enjoying the sort of Rodgers frenzy and the fact that every NFL story leads back to him, even though as a team, the Packers haven't done a lot for a while. I mean, again, as a kind of his status within the game, this inflates his reputation, right? Like the how important is Aaron Rodgers discussion all the time? Is he going? Is someone going to trade for him? Is he retiring? Is he walking away from the game? Why is he turning down all this money? It kind of keeps him in the discussion for who's the best quarterback in football to a level he probably wouldn't be if he was just quietly going about his business, maybe winning the division and then losing in the first round of the playoffs by 40 points every year. Kind of like Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If Russell Wilson made a fuss like Rodgers did every year, people would be more on board with Russell Wilson being the best in the league, which he probably arguably is, obviously top three in the league. Yeah. No, you're right. It's a good point. And look, he learned from the master, right? He came yeah. out, he was the understudy to Brett Favre, and he's now he's making Brett Favre look like an easy quarterback to manage. Like there's got to be people in the Packers organizations who are thinking organization who are thinking to themselves, I never thought I'd say this but the Brett Favre scenario was way easier than this. Like those I never were thought the I'd days. say this. I miss those Crocs. <laughs> and those dick pics. Aaron never sends me a dick pic. I'm fine with him talking to the press as long as he sends me a dick pic afterwards. Now, is this you speaking as someone in the organization or is this you just speaking as you? No, this is just me. <laughs> if, Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers wants to start sending me dick pics, I'm fine with it. I will blackmail him. I will pull the full Wayne Rooney on him to <laughs> reference the, re- this, the new story that's come out about Wayne Rooney with his Instagram models after a club. I would have done exactly what those Instagram models did, even though it's not respectable. It's, it's amazing how old he looks in those photos. Like one of them, he's asleep, sat upright, which is always quite weird to look at. But he's reported them to the police now, right? Yes for taking those photos without his permission. I mean, he's basically accusing them of sexually assaulting him. Fundamentally. Mm. If he really wanted to go forward with it, that is what he would, if he really, really wanted to make a point and double down on the, I didn't cheat on you to the I wife. Was so drunk that I was taken advantage of. And well, this he was, I mean, he was, he's asleep. He's asleep upright, which is impressive. Well, people fall asleep in chairs, Sam. Yeah, but he, there's no back to the chair. Yeah, and it's impressive, yeah. <laughs> Eddie. There's but I mean, no, but there's no back to the chair. But like, I've that's seen really people, impressive. I've seen drunk people. Wow, asleep. wait, wait. There's no back to the. No, it's his stool. He's sitting. on a stool. Yeah, yeah, but I've seen drunk that's people kind fall of asleep. It's kind of, but it's not that impressive. What to but stay up right, like, on the bar? I think I, the, the really sad thing that you pointed out, though, right, is he's 35. He looks awful. 
I mean, he's basically he's our, out upright he, on a stool. No, no, no. He has club. gone from like he always looked below twenty five for a long period of time, and then suddenly just jumped up to fifty. Wait, look below twenty five. Yeah, there was always a time when I thought Wayne Rooney like always looked like a young footballer, and then <laughs> all of a sudden he just whoa, whoa, well. whoa, but then he just whoa. balloons up to fifty. When did Wayne Rooney look? What age did he stop looking under twenty five? Because I always remember him when 13. he kind of came onto that scene, <laughs> and it was just he looked just young. It was crazy young, and then all of a sudden he's just ballooned up in management to like I, fifty. Hasn't hasn't he been balding since like prep school? But it's okay, not even balding the, isn't the only thing. <laughs> it's it's his face. It's the face. But it makes him look older. But he, no, he look when he was sixteen, he looked eighteen, nineteen. When I think back on Euro 2004, he looks... Now, when you look back on it, he looks young because it's in comparison with what he looks like now. But in the moment, he looked three, four, five years older than he was. I would say Wayne Rooney stopped looking younger than 25 when he was about 20. And Oof. and then when he was 25, he started looking closer to 40 than he did to 25. Now, so now honestly, he's... in some of those photos, you could tell me he's 50. And the sadder thing, and I was speaking actually with this before these photos came out, but uh, at the bachelor party, because Wayne Rooney came up and I said, look, he's 35 years old. If his career had gone differently or if his career had gone as you would have expected it to be, this Euros probably would have been his international swan song. I mean, he should have been part of this England team. Southgate made the decision, right? To kind of cut him but sam he's retired <laughs> like even even if the new manager had come in who loves even if wayne rooney's dad had become the manager he's retired from football he doesn't he plays as many professional football matches now as we do slightly weird comparison right because he's managing derby county <laughs> well he's not even doing a good job of that <laughs> he basically <laughs> took a cash rich club and almost plummeted them into the third tier but it's just, and I think he had a great career, and he actually has an un, he had an underrated career. I mean, look, the guy retired as the all time leading goal scorer for Manchester United and the all time leading goal scorer for England, and now the leading goal scorer for England is going to be broken by Kane. So it's a record that won't stand for very long. But still, to retire with those two uh, records, no one can tell you you had a bad career. I think the problem was with Wayne Rooney, and we've discussed this before, he got to sort of, when we were speaking about Phil Foden and stuff, and to see we can't project how good they're going to be. Because Wayne Rooney sort of got to 2021 and looked like he was going to be the best player in the world. And then he never really got better than he was at 21, which was still really, really good. But he never took that next step from, say, as Ronaldo did and Messi did, where you suddenly go from, okay, there's quite a few people at this level, but it is elite to suddenly know I'm I'm ahead of all these others. But yeah, any other any other stories or from the world of sport caught your eye? The Tom Brady video that has come out that has uh, swept the world. We're really going to do this. We're really going to do it this is... on a non-visual podcast. <laughs> Look guys, everyone's seen it. Everyone has and, seen it. And it's everyone and believes knows it's, it's real. It's fake. It is fake. It's real. I'm inclined to say you, it's seriously well edited for it being fake. It's not that well edited. 
There oh, are. This, oh. is, this is the guy who picks out the mistakes in diving because they've watched a few diving. Like, oh, I see it. I saw that leg. It moved a little. They weren't synchronized. Look, I'm not a video not editor. Not that well edited. I'm not a video editor, <laughs> but I do spend some of my time editing video. There's clearly jumps in 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 the in the footage. More importantly, the real reason it's not real. A jugs machine doesn't work like that. Wait, is that what they call it? Yeah, it's a how jugs ha- machine. How many football jugs machines have you used? I don't know, four. You've used a football jugs machine. Yes, and I've used. In, in what context? Of throwing. Football I mean, unsurprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> for like no, but like for what? Where have you? My needed? high school had jugs machines. Multiple to throw jugs. American footballs. Yeah. We we played. Why are you football. so bad at catching? Oh, don't give me that. <laughs> these hands, <laughs> these Paul Collingwood hands, don't drop a thing. But, and then use jugs equivalent to things like jugs, jugs machines in other sports, but that are adapted versions of the jugs machine. They don't work like that. You can't inject something in the front and then it builds up speed and spits it out. You have to pump the ball through the machine. You can't just dump it in. You stick it in and it goes out. You can't just like so powerful. You can't stick something in the. You can't like unless he. I mean, you. They. They. It's. It's a. It's clearly fake. He doesn't have the accuracy to do it, and also there's clearly jumps in the in the editing. However, if I'm even going to give you that it's physically possible and that he's done it, I then they've adapted a jugs machine so it's controlled remotely. So that it's not, if it, if it was spinning at the speed required to kick the ball out, if it was just on and it's just spinning, the ball is not going to nestle in. He has to be throwing it at multiple times the speed that is then propelling the ball out, which is not based on the video. There's, there's nothing right about it. It's clearly fake. I don't even waste too much time trying to get into why it's fake. It's just obviously fake. Got a good, got a a good three minutes there. Got a good... <laughs> and look, Tom Brady... He's had a good summer. He's f- totally flipped. He went from being a, a Trumper and uh, you know a MAGA guy. He went to the White House. He, gave, he threw a couple funny jokes into his uh, his uh, speech. I don't know if you saw his speech at the White House. He slipped in. He said, "You know, one down, one time in my career, I forget which down it is, and all of a sudden they're calling me Sleepy Tom." You know, reference obviously to Joe Biden and Sleepy Joe. He then also said, you know, even though we're up here and we're at the White House and we've got our Super Bowl rings, 40% of the country still doesn't think that we won the Super Bowl. Another great little election-related joke. He's doing well this summer. He's having a little renaissance as the fun-loving Tom Brady that he was at the early part of his career. Do you think he writes the jokes? No. Then is it really Tom Brady? You still have to sign off on them, though. If you're, he was a MAGA guy, right? And so to sign off on, do you know what I'm gonna? People probably there are probably people out there who like me because I was a supposed Trump supporter, and I'm now gonna make jokes that make fun of Trump supporters. You got to sign off on it, and 
Here's a really crazy move. He's going to be in a Subway commercial. Guy guy has the most complicated really? diet in the world. Yeah, supposedly he's getting in a Subway commercial. Is it just has, probably just an avocado sandwich? Maybe. I just it's like it. It's just avocado. It's what, bits of avocado, avocado between bits of avocado. <laughs> yeah. See, that I would love. If he really made fun of himself to that degree and also would be a good move by Subway. Although, I guess a bad look for Subway because obviously they had the scandal with Jared and the being turning out to be a pedophile and Tom Brady is the NFL quarterback most likely to make out with a kid. So <laughs> they're very on-brand <laughs> endorsement selection from them. All right, well, anything else? Or I guess I'll talk to you boys later. One final teaser before I say my see ya. Sam has committed to the fact that he will have watched two episodes of season two of Ted Lasso by Thursday. That also includes watching only... season one, by the way. Wait, 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 wait. There's only one episode out so far. When does season, when does episode two drop though? Friday, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, well, then okay. I will watch the your... season opener. You've just saved yourself 30 minutes, Sam. Phew. I needed that. <laughs> but you still have to watch pretty much all of season one and an episode from season two between now and Thursday. Easy. Nice. All right. Talk to you boys later. See ya. Cheers.